your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 506 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And we got a lot to get into today. The Rangers, uh, fresh off of winning their third consecutive game, they defeat the Edmonton Oilers 4-1, to and they are now on a three-game lo- uh, winning streak. Excuse me, what am I talking about? The Raiders are on a three-game winning streak, having defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning twice and the Edmonton Oilers once, and they did all that in the span of just four days, and they even spread it out between two different years. The first of those three games happened on New Year's Eve, and we've had... Uh, two Ranger wins to kick off the new year as well. Very, very impressive. It's especially impressive when you consider everything that they're doing right right now. I mean, first of all, you're without your best player. We have not had Artemi Panarin. He is on the COVID protocol list. Uh, you've had Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. I mean, they're really at the top of their game right now. They're buzzing every single shift, it seems like. Every single time they're on the ice, it looks like they're a threat to score a goal, and they're also playing very well defensively. I think Alexi Lafreniere has really kind of stood out in these last couple games as well, and tonight against the Oilers, got rewarded for it, got himself a goal and an assist, and he actually had a goal in the most recent game against the Lightning as well. So nice to see Alexi Lafreniere getting on a little bit of a hot streak here. I mean, Adam Fox doing Adam Fox things. What else is new? Uh, You've got Ryan Strom stepping up, and I want to pose this question to anybody out there, uh, more for non-Ranger fans than for Ranger fans, but is there anyone left out there that wants to try to claim that the only reason that Ryan Strom has good numbers is because he plays with Artemi Panarin? Hey, I mean, there's no better time than now, right? I mean, he's coming off of a three-point night against the Oilers. Now, granted, his one goal was kind of a lucky bounce, but be that as it may, Strom was very noticeable, uh, ends up with three points for the Rangers, and uh, again, stepping up in Artemi Panarin's absence as he did last season. And on top of all the individual accolades that I just went over, we've had a couple of guys make their season debuts for the New York Rangers. You know, Tim Gettinger got into his first game. Zach Jones has now played two games. Uh, you've got guys like Greg McKaig, who have been healthy scratches at times. He's been playing. He's been playing well. He uh, drew a key penalty in this game when the Rangers were up 2-1 to one against the Oilers, and the power play that ensued resulted in the Rangers taking a 3-1 to one lead. Uh, we've had stellar goaltending play over these last two games. Igor in the game against the Lightning, a 4-0 shutout, and Alex Georgiev against the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the 4-1 to one victory for him tonight. There's been great special teams play. Like I said, there's really not much not to like right now. And if you're a Ranger fan, you got to be feeling really good because they had that stretch where they won 11 out of 12. Then I believe they went 2-4-1, and one. and now once again, like I was just talking about, uh, three consecutive wins, and it's not like they're beating up on the Arizona Coyotes and the Ottawa Senators here. They have taken down the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning twice and at the Edmonton Oilers once. Uh, both these teams at or near the top of you know the, the odds makers as far as uh, best chances to win the Stanley Cup. Obviously, the Lightning are a pretty obvious pick given that 
You know, they've won the Cup the last two seasons, and I think people are waiting for Edmonton to break through as well. But the Rangers basically took it to them in these last two games and uh, defeated the Lightning and the Oilers in a back-to-back, no less. That's the other thing, playing the Oilers on the second night of a back-to-back, and they beat the Lightning and the Oilers by a combined score of 8-1. to one. Very, very encouraging if you're a New York Ranger fan. And I figure, you know, as far as going through these games here, like I said, there, there's a lot to get through because we got two full games, six periods of hockey to talk about here. So I figure what we'll do, we'll spend the first like portion of this episode here just with some key takeaways from the game against the Lightning, and then we'll spend a little bit more time, most likely, on the game against the Oilers, just given the fact that the Oilers game, it's hot off the presses, it's very fresh in everybody's memory right now, and uh, like I said, we'll just spend a little bit more time on the Oilers, uh, more likely than not. As far as the game against the Lightning, we had, uh, you know, the Rangers, they obviously got to shuffle the deck because there's no Artemi Panarin, uh, but they've kept that top line intact pretty much I don't want to say all season because there was a little bit of mix and matching early, uh, but certainly over the last couple of months here, uh, Mika centering Kreider and Kako. And then the second line, you had Ryan Strom centering Alexi Lafreniere and Barclay Goodrow. Barclay Goodrow has been awesome recently. Uh, He has really stood out. I would, maybe this is going too far. Maybe it's not. I would say that since the little mini break that the Rangers ended up having there with all the postponements and the NHL uh, shutting down for uh, close to a week there, you know, give or take a, a day in either direction. Um, I would say since that little mini break, since the Rangers have been back out there, and of course, again, that was a loss against the Panthers, two wins against the Lightning, and a win against the Edmonton Oilers, Barclay Goodrow has maybe been the best player on the Rangers. I mean, he's just all over the ice every single game. He plays physical. He's made some really nice passes. He's scored some goals. He's hit. He's been a huge part of the Ranger penalty kill unit, which is absolutely on fire right now. I saw a stat uh, in tonight's game against the Oilers that the Rangers had killed 42 of the last... 45 power plays that their opponents have had against them. And that number only increased because the Oilers did not end up scoring a power play goal uh, on the night tonight. So cannot say enough about the job that Barclay Goodrow has been doing. And as we talked about in our last episode, uh, Coach Gerard Gallant seemingly rewarding him with a a more prominent spot in the lineup. He's kind of into a top six role. Uh, We'll see how long that lasts. But You know, the third line, you've got Philip Heedle centering Dryden Hunt and Julian Gauthier. And then the fourth line, again, this is for the game against the Lightning. uh, Greg McKaig centering Tim Gettinger making his season debut for the New York Rangers and Ryan Reeves. Then you have the defense pairings, Miller Truba, uh, Hayek Fox, and Jones and Lundqvist, and Igor Shesterkin in net. And, you know, Jones and Lundqvist, and, and Lundqvist was a healthy scratch in the game against the Edmonton Oilers, but they've both really gotten a chance to be tested. I mean, this is the first time... Well, first of all, it was Zach Jones' season debut, uh, but it's the first time we've gotten to see a chance for those two playing together, obviously, and I thought Joe Micheletti made a great point in the game between the Rangers and the Lightning with Jones and Lundqvist. It's a great challenge for these players. Uh, He had a great quote about that. He said, Jones and Lundqvist, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he said, Jones and Lundqvist, you know, they're either facing size or talent or both, and that's very true, and... They pass with flying colors. I mean, you've got a pair of rookies out there going up against the two-time defending champs, this team that's loaded with all these offensive fireworks, and they were great. I I thought Zach Jones, he had a a bit of a miscue on the, uh, it might have been the first shift of the game that he had. It was very early in the first period. But basically, Braden Point was uh, going past the Ranger blue line, you know, 
full head of steam, and he went around Zach Jones like he was standing still, basically faked him out of his skates and got a shot. Igor Shesterkin obviously made the save, but, you know, later in that same shift, Zach Jones made a really nice play. Stamkos had the puck. You know, he's kind of along the boards. The Lightning were looking to get set up in the Rangers zone, and uh, Zach Jones made a heck of a play. He, uh, you know, quickly moved his stick, a good stick check there, knocking the pass out of the Rangers zone and out of harm's way, and after that, I mean, I really like what I've seen from Zach Jones over these first two games. I am now 100% convinced that there's no way this guy is not ready to be a full-time NHL defenseman. Uh, he played great in the game against Edmonton as well. There was a sequence with uh, Connor McDavid in front of the Ranger net, and th this is just one of several different you know, positive plays that Zach Jones made on the night. But he was basically tussling with Connor McDavid, and you know they're they're shoving each other. And Jones is giving as good as he got on this. You know McDavid's a big guy, very strong, trying to establish a net front presence for the Oilers there. And Zach Jones is you know doing everything he can to move him out of there, and that's very impressive for somebody that's only played. Let's see, like yeah, twelve games now for Zach Jones, going toe to toe with uh, who is all in all likelihood the best player on the planet. So uh, very cool to see. I know that uh, you know a lot of Ranger fans coming into this game tonight. You know, there was a little bit of discrepancy about, you know, which two Ranger defensemen are going to make up the third pairing. And uh, the Rangers end up going with Zach Jones and Libor Hayek. And I'm going to talk about that decision from Gerard Gallant in just a second here because there was obviously a lot of uh, chatter about it amongst Ranger fans on social media. We will get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel a difference. Remember the code Locked On gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code Locked On at checkout for 20% off. All right, and just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yeah, you know, I know that I said that we wanted to start with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning game, but we're kind of just looking at themes from both games, at least as of yet. You know, that's just kind of how this episode has unfolded on me here. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about the decision that Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff came to as far as the third defense pairing uh, for the New York Rangers in this game against the Edmonton Oilers here tonight. I know a lot of people got really excited because the game before we saw Nils Lundqvist and we saw Zach Jones out there together out there together, excuse me. They had a really nice night. Obviously, the team had a great night. They blanked the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think a lot of people were just kind of assuming, expecting, or whatever it might be, that the Rangers would roll with that same pairing uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. I thought the same thing. You know, I, I thought maybe the two of them had earned uh, another game out there together. Alas, that is not the way the Rangers choose to go. Instead, Libor Hayek is in there for Nils Lundqvist, who is a healthy scratch. We've seen Lundqvist be a healthy scratch a couple of different times this season. Look, 
If it was up to me, would I have had Jones and Lundquist back out there? Yes, absolutely. I think they're the guys that have the brightest future with the Rangers. They have more upside than Libor Hayek. And I think overall, as the season progresses, they will simply be better players than Libor Hayek. But I got to say, it's not the kind of move that was going to cause me to start throwing furniture all over my living room, okay? Nils Lundqvist has never played anything close to an 82-game season in his career. That's not to say that he can't possibly do it. And I, don't, I definitely don't want to see the Rangers start babying him or anything like that. But I don't know. I mean, Libor Hayek... He really, really draws the ire of Ranger fans on social media. And again, it goes back to this theme that I've talked about. The players on the Rangers that seem to come under the most fire for, from fans are the players who, either in reality or in perception, are blocking the path of you know a young Ranger prospect, a lot of times a high draft pick, or just somebody that the Rangers and the fans are high on. They're blocking a certain player from playing in the NHL, and I think that's what we're seeing with Libor Hayek right now. Is Libor Hayek an all-star defenseman? No, not at all. But people make it sound like he's the worst defenseman in the league, and I, I swear people are just convinced that Libor Hayek is still the same exact guy that he was two years ago, and I just don't think that's the case. He's done okay. I mean, I, I don't think he's stood out in a, a tremendously positive way, but I don't think he kills the Rangers either. I mean, when defensemen struggle, you're going to notice it. You're really, really, really going to notice it. And yeah, I mean, Hayek might have a hiccup every now and again. And again, there might be options that are better than him right now. But to make it sound like he's this uh, horrible liability for the Rangers, I mean, there, there's people on social media who are making comments like, this organization is a bleeping joke. Like, are you kidding me? Calm down. It's all right. Libor Hayek's playing one game over Nils Lundqvist. It'll be okay. Maybe part of this goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the season where the Rangers are trying to reestablish Hayek's value a little bit and uh, maybe be able to get, you know, something for him in a trade. Because, again, I, I don't think that Hayek has a, a tremendous long-term future here, but it's not the kind of thing that should be causing fans to rebel. I mean, look at the season that this team is having. And I, I think at this point, you got to start giving Gerard Gallant the benefit of the doubt a little bit. The Rangers with that win tonight, now, now, they're in first place. Granted, the Canes do have three games in hand on them, and they are just one point behind them. But the Rangers now have 22 wins in 34 games. So let's start giving these coaches the benefit of the doubt and not freak out just because uh, Libor Hayek is the seventh, excuse me, the sixth defenseman tonight instead of Nils Lundqvist. Just had to kind of get that off my chest there, and uh, you know we'll just kind of get back into the Lightning game here. Uh, you had Morgan Barron. You know he was added from the taxi squad. Did not end up dressing for the game, but uh, as I've just been talking about, Zach Jones made his season debut. He has been absolutely awesome with the Hartford Wolfpack this season, and Jones was very honest. You know, when he didn't make the team, he said that he feels like he deserves to be an NHL player, but he was also very, very quick to add that, you know, he's going to go down to Hartford, and he's going to play his butt off, and he's going to do everything he can to get back up there, and uh, Vitaly Krafts, I should take notes on that, by the way, uh, but yeah, I mean, Jones has been great, and like I was saying earlier, I, I just love what I'm seeing from this guy. I liked what I saw from him in a relatively small sample size last season. I've seen some comparisons between Zach Jones and Adam Fox, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here because uh, Adam Fox is basically the golden standard of blue liners right now. But I do see where those comparisons come from. Uh, they both have pretty good size, but, you know, they're not necessarily known for knocking people's heads off with, you know, these bone-jarring hits or anything like that. But they're defensemen that just never really ever seem to get caught out of position. Uh, they're both great with the puck. They're, they move the puck. Uh, they both make really good outlet passes. We saw that from Zach Jones a couple of times. You know, he had the puck in the Rangers zone and moved it on ahead to the neutral zone and sent the forwards on their way. Uh, so, and, and both really high uh, hockey IQs as well. So uh, I definitely see where those those comparisons come from. And, you know, 
now the question becomes, does Zach Jones stick around with the New York Rangers? Has he done enough to kind of uh, establish his spot in the roster, you know, in the lineup, rather, night in and night out going forward. Uh, we'll try to figure that out in just a second. And like I said, going to get back to a couple of the uh, highlights from these two games here. And yes, we will do that in just a second. All right. So, yeah, like I was talking about a second ago with the defensemen, um, they have what is commonly referred to as a good problem to have uh, because now it looks like they've got quite a few guys that you can feel pretty good about putting out there on any given night. Like I said, it was Hayek and Jones in this one, uh, but Lundqvist, you got to figure he's going to remain in the mix. And it's interesting with Patrick Nemeth because he wasn't in the lineup tonight, uh, but he's been held out with a non-COVID issue. And I I don't think the Rangers have really specified exactly what that is, but I do start to wonder now, like, is Nemeth in play to maybe a healthy scratch on certain nights? I don't know that he's necessarily played bad, but I can definitely say that he does not have the kind of upside or the kind of long-term future with the Rangers, I wouldn't think, as either Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how the Rangers uh, handle that situation going forward. But we got to get back to these games here. We are nearly, let's see, we're more than 16 minutes into this episode, and I'm just now getting to the fact that Mika Zibanejad had a hat trick against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, just a stellar performance. Mika Zibanejad's back to being Mika Zibanejad. Him and Chris Kreider are firing on all cylinders, and it's funny because we've almost seen a little bit of a role reversal from the start of the season. I mean, Kreider was just lighting up the, the scoreboard every single night. He actually got his 20th goal against Edmonton in the second of these two games here, but we've seen a little bit of a role reversal in that now it seems like Kreider is setting up Mika for goals all of a sudden, whereas earlier in the season, it was kind of the opposite. So uh, it was Mika's night. He got the hat trick, the eighth hat trick of his career. I was fortunate enough to see my first ever hat trick last season, the one Ranger game that I went to. Mika got the hat trick against the Buffalo Sabres. And, uh, you know, obviously very, very nice to see Mika Zibanejad stepping up when the Rangers need him most uh, again without Artemi Panarin being on the roster. No better time for Mika to really catch fire than right now, as he has done in recent games. And to kind of uh, illustrate my point as far as Mika and Kreider kind of swapping roles recently, it's crazy because uh, Mika, when he got his hat trick, that was his ninth, 10th, and 11th goals of the season. And Kreider assisted on all three of them, and those were his ninth, 10th, and 11th assists of the season. So very, very nice to see them, uh, you know, again, kind of switch roles. And uh, hey, if Mika needs to be the sniper and Kreider needs to be the facilitator, they can score goals that way as well. On top of that, Igor Shesterkin was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Stop me if you've heard me say that so far this season. But, I mean, he's now 15-4-2, a 2.09 goals against average, a 9.36 save percentage. And this blanking of the Tampa Bay Lightning here represented his second shutout of the season. He was absolutely phenomenal. And as far as his save of the night, I mean, there's one I really got to call attention to here. Uh, Tampa Bay was on the power play. And at this point, it's three to nothing. You know, so the Rangers have things, uh, you know, pretty well in hand. But then again, you're playing the Lightning. We know how good they are. We know how dangerous they can be. We know they can score a lot of goals in a short amount of time. So you really don't want to give them any life. And Igor made sure that that did not happen here. Uh, there was a, again, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on the man advantage here. And Palat takes a shot. You know, there's a save, there's a rebound, and then there's another save on point. It's cleared by Chris Kreider, but then the Lightning get the puck back into the Rangers zone. You have Sorelli feeding Sergachev. Sergachev winds back and absolutely cranks a one-timer from the blue line, and just an awesome, awesome glove save by Igor Shesterkin, moving hard to his left and reaching up at the last second. You know, really, he was almost kind of, uh, you know, like his body was kind of moving down and he had to reach up with his glove, uh, just snagged it out of the air. You get loud chance of Igor, you know, just booming throughout Madison Square Garden, full extension, just an absolute thing of beauty here. And I think at that point, 
you know, again, it's the Lightning. It is just 3 nothing. But after you saw Igor make that save, it's like, yeah, they're, they're not going to beat this guy tonight. There's no way. Because they're down 3 nothing, so they got to get four goals to win this game. That just is not going to happen on this night. And uh, Igor Shesterkin, I mean, like I said, what, what more can you even say at this point? I think if there's anybody that had any doubts about you know, the validity of him being a true blue franchise goalie for the New York Rangers, I got to believe those are pretty much extinguished by this point. I mean, what more do you need to see from this guy? He's been absolutely tremendous. And, you know, we're spoiled as Ranger fans because we had Henrik Lundqvist for, what, 15 years or whatever it was, uh, just stellar goaltending play, and then we go right to Igor Shesterkin. There's teams in the NHL that in all that time that has gone by, and in some cases even longer, look at the Philadelphia Flyers, they still have not had a franchise goalie in that entire time. So we really are lucky as Ranger fans, and it's just great to see Igor Shesterkin, uh, you know, being the player that the Rangers and, and the fans all hope that he would become. I think he's already there, and the sky's the limit for this kid. And just one other thing that I wanted to mention as far as the Lightning game is concerned, you know, it's easy to get caught up in Mika Zibanejad having a hat trick and Chris Kreider having three assists and Barclay Goodrow. I mean, he's been stellar for the Rangers recently. Uh, Igor Shesterkin doing what he does. I want to call just a little bit of attention to the third period, and the Rangers were up 4 to nothing by this point. Ends up being a scoreless third period, uh, but the Rangers just played such a smart, defensively responsible game in this third period. It was actually like, I don't want to say boring, it was kind of a mundane third period uh, watching this game, but not in a bad way at all. In a way that it was actually a lot of fun to watch, because with the Rangers of old, you know, there were certain games and in other seasons where you felt like no lead was safe. But even against the Tampa Bay Lightning here, Rangers just making smart, simple, defensively responsible plays uh, throughout basically the entire third period. Just dumping the puck into the offensive zone in a lot of cases, making sure you have fresh guys on the ice, keeping the puck along the boards, working the puck out of your own zone, uh, just not making any turnovers, just smart, simple hockey. And that's pretty much all you need to do when you're up 4 to nothing. Not that you want to completely take your foot off the gas, but defense first at that point in the game. And, you know, the Lightning really didn't have any chances to speak of uh, down the stretch uh, in that game. Now, as far as this 4-1 uh, to win against the Edmonton Oilers here, I mean, you got to love this if you're a Ranger fan because, again, beating Tampa Bay twice, Edmonton once, that is no joke. And, Still no Artemi Panarin for the Rangers, but they do get Ryan Lindgren back into the lineup. He kind of reintroduced himself with just a, a tremendous hit along the boards in the first period. I forget which player on Edmonton had the puck, but basically he carried over the blue line and Lindgren was there waiting to meet him. Uh, good, clean, tough hit, knocked him to the ice. And hey, for once, the Rangers dished out a big hit and didn't have to fight anybody as a result of dishing out a good, clean, physical hit. Uh, so that was nice to see in and of itself. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Lindgren, strong night. I think they were maybe uh, keeping his ice time a little bit in check in this game tonight, or maybe it just worked out that way. Uh, just 16 minutes and 22 seconds for Lindgren, which was... Uh well, you know what, though? That that actually turned out to be fourth on the team. Uh, Truba led the way with 23-13. Then you had Miller, 22-58, and Adam Fox with 21-54. Uh, but yeah, very, very nice to see Ryan Lindgren back. He's obviously a huge part of this team. And I would say somebody who, you know, I, th I think Ranger fans are all pretty well aware that this guy's a hard-nosed, tough physical player, and he brings a lot to the table every single night. But as far as non-Ranger fans, if you're just like a, a general hockey fan around the league, he's there's a very good chance that you might not know a whole lot about Ryan Lindgren. And with that in mind, I, I think we could probably call Ryan Lindgren maybe the most underrated player on the Rangers. Again, I don't think that's really the case among Ranger fans because we all know. We watch this guy play. He's tough as nails, and uh, he brings it every single night. But uh, not really a household name as of yet around the league. And, of course, he's kind of overshadowed a little bit by his defense partner. 
But uh, yeah, man, Ryan Lindgren, just a completely indispensable piece of this New York Ranger team. So great to see him uh, back in the lineup. We also got Kevin Rooney back into the lineup as well. He was back in his normal fourth-line role. Uh, he was actually on the left wing with Greg McCaig at center. As far as the rest of the line combos, I mean, same first line as the one I talked about earlier, Kreider Mika Kako. And then the second line, you had Strom centering Lafreniere and Barclay Goodrow and Lafreniere really took advantage of getting the opportunity to, to play up in the lineup, get some top six minutes. He was even out there on the penalty kill for a little while in this game as well. And that line really played well, and it was, in fact, that line that opened the scoring. Uh, you had Ryan Strom going in hard on the forecheck, and Miko Koskinen, the Edmonton goalie, was playing the puck, you know, kind of uh, behind the net, and Strom basically went in there, took the puck right away from him, threw it back in front of the net, and Alexi Lafreniere with another wide-open net goal. Uh, again, you know, people, there might be people, some that roll their eyes and say, oh, anybody could score on that net, but Lafreniere had to be in the right position there. But a tremendous play by Ryan Strom, getting that puck loose and making that happen. And then, uh, you know, the second period, you had Lafreniere assisting on a goal. You had Ryan Strom uh, moving the puck to Lafreniere. Rangers go flying into the attacking zone. Lafreniere along the right boards. He centers to Barclay Goodrow. And Barclay Goodrow is hot right now. He's not just killing penalties and hitting people. This dude is scoring. And he's uh, getting on the score sheet pretty much every night, it seems like. And, uh, you know, seventh goal of the season. Not too shabby for somebody that, you know, again, is, is mostly known as a defensive forward. Uh, very, very nice to see Barclay Goodrow get to contribute offensively as well. You know, we might as well just go through the Ranger goals here. Why not? It was a great night for the Rangers. It's been a great stretch here. Uh, the Rangers score on the power play goal in the third period. By this point, it's 2-1. to one. Edmonton scored with six minutes remaining in the second period. And I thought Edmonton had a really strong close to the first period as well as a really strong close to the second period. But be that as it may, it didn't stop the Rangers from uh, getting the W in this game here tonight. But uh, this was a great goal. You had Adam Fox uh, shooting the puck from the blue line. This is after Kreider got the puck to him. There was a little bit of a, a crowd around the puck, and you know Edmonton's obviously going to try to sweep it out of the zone, clear it down the ice, get it out of harm's way, given that they are shorthanded. Um, but Kreider gets there first, gets the puck away from them, gets it back to Adam Fox. There's nobody near Adam Fox. Fox is able to move to his left, get to the center of the ice, wind back, and blast a shot from the blue line. And then Kreider does what he's done all season, deflects the puck on the doorstep. It gets, you know, Koskinen got a little piece of it, but it gets through him and into the net. And just like that, uh, the Rangers have a 3-1 to lead. And then to wrap up the scoring, you had uh, Ryan Strom. Bit of a lucky goal here, but Fox to Goodrow. Strom is clearly trying to pass. It deflects off the skate of an Edmonton defenseman and goes into the net. And the Rangers are up 4-1 with less than six minutes remaining in the game. And that was indeed the final score. So it's just been great to see so many different players contribute. And I mean... I know we just had a stretch not that long ago where the Rangers won 11 out of 12 games, but is it a bridge too far to say that this is the best that the Rangers have played all season? Because there's not much to nitpick over these last three games against premier elite opponents. I mean, if you really want to, you know, find something to nitpick, I suppose, you know, the first of the two games against Tampa, I thought the Rangers had a rough first period. You know, they just couldn't find that extra gear. As far as this game against Edmonton, though, I mean, they, they did it all. They outhit them. Uh, they scored a power play goal. Now, granted, the Rangers were only one for five, but they converted on the power play. They themselves stayed out of the penalty box, which is absolutely huge when you're playing a team like the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton only got two power play opportunities all night, and they went 0 for 2. And then the Tampa game is kind of the same thing. Now, the Rangers were out hit in the game against Tampa, 33-23. to 
But we talked about, you know, we did our crossover with Adam Denker from Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning, and we talked about how huge the special teams units, the special teams matchups were going to be in this two-game set between the Rangers and the Lightning. And in the most recent of the two matchups, Rangers go two for three on the power play, the Lightning go 0 for two. So the Rangers are staying out of the penalty box for the most part, and even when they go there, they're killing off the penalties. They, they're playing stellar hockey. And, you know, this is something that I'm going to elaborate on a little bit in our next episode. We're going to uh, do a little bit of a recap of the month of December, just kind of the biggest takeaways from the month and kind of look ahead at what's still to come here in the month of January. We will get to that in our next episode, like I, like I said, but something I'm just going to mention real quickly here that we'll cover in greater detail in the next episode is that, you know, when you play an 82-game season, you're going to have peaks and valleys and highlights and lowlights. I mean, it's going to happen. There, I don't think there's a team in this league that's not going to go through at least a little bit of a rough patch sooner or later. But I think the key to being a big-time team in this league, and I apologize if I'm somewhat stating the obvious here, but you're going to have hot streaks, you're going to have cold streaks. What you got to do, you got to ride out those hot streaks as long as you possibly can. You can't win four out of five games and then just be satisfied and think it's time to take your foot off the gas, and I don't think this Ranger team has done that. They've done quite the opposite because they won 11 out of 12 games in a stretch that went from November into December. Then they had a little bit of a cold spell. You know, that they fell off a little bit. They played some tough opponents. They played the Avalanche twice, got beat twice by them, lost to Vegas in a shootout. You know, it got tough for a little while there. They lost to the Panthers. Panthers, obviously, a very good team. And the Rangers went through a stretch there where they went 2-4-1. and one. But what have they done since then? Yeah, like we've been talking about this entire episode, beat the Lightning twice, beat the Oilers once. And, you know, that, that's another thing, too. They, they beat the Lightning in edge-of-your-seat, nail-biting fashion. Uh, the shootout, it comes down to the shootout, which is a little bit of a crapshoot, but the Rangers still found a way to get it done. And then they absolutely destroy the Lightning. I mean, Igor Shesterkin had a lot to say about that. Maybe the score would have been a little bit closer if, uh, if he wasn't as stellar as he was. But, again, a nail-biter against the Lightning and then a butt-kicking of the Tampa Bay Lightning and then a butt-kicking of the Edmonton Oilers. Doesn't really get much better than that. Rangers are going to be back in action. Let's see. Let's get the schedule up here. They'll be back in action on Thursday at 10 p.m. in Vegas against the Knights. The Rangers are about to embark on a five-game road trip, and the first four of these games, the start time is 10 p.m. Eastern time or later for all four of those games. So we're going to be staying up late. Uh, The good news is that those are the only remaining really late games that the Rangers have on their schedule the rest of the season. Uh, I don't think there's another game that starts any later than 8 p.m. after this four-game stretch. So, yeah, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed these games as much as I did. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.